This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? It is the Monty Show live in Los Angeles for another four days. And then we're back to the great state of Utah. Jake? Hello. Are you homesick yet? No. No, of course, because you have your uh, your lovely girl here. Home is where the heart is and stuff. Yeah, we have okay. to talk about, for sure, we have to talk about introducing the girl to the fam bam, like in all this awkward stuff. It's stuff. We have a huge update on the awkward relationship with the, the cooters. The elders. That we'll talk about coming up on the show. Is Zion Williamson perhaps the biggest bust in the history of the NBA? Bigger than Greg Oden? Yes. Is Zion Williamson, and I don't mean like in rotund size, like. Well, if that was what we were talking about, he definitely would. Boiler and stuff. Uh, We have definitely got to talk about this Zion Williamson story. Um, And we have to talk about, like, there's all these crazy, like, I don't even know what the best way to put it is, but there's all these these like crazy, like can't get along. I hate you. You hate me. Trade me somewhere. Screw you because you didn't trade me somewhere. Stories in the NBA. Yeah, like it. It. I don't know that we've seen a season in the league with this much drama, but we'll talk about that. We'll update the SoCal trip. Got up to uh, Hollywood in the Sunset Strip yesterday. That was fun. We had a little daddy daughter time okay, yesterday. Okay. Okay. What? daddy daughter time yeah we spent some quality time you know in the car okay i don't know you know i wasn't aware that i was a daughter so yeah well there you go uh dane good morning to you greg hawkins sup good to see you my friend the tv star guys 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 guys. hey guys tanner says good morning hey guys good morning giggity the blind swordsman says morning boys i found a dude on twitter who is a bigger casual than you guys. Just kidding. You're he, th- he thinks we should trade Donovan over Rudy. What a joke, bro. Well, it's funny you bring that up. Um, um. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably get into it. Let's talk. Uh, let's start with Utah Jazz today. I know that's a shocker. Um, but, you know, we wanted to just kind of talk through where the Jazz are and what our expectations are for the second half of the season. Because the Utah Jazz... Obviously, tipping off the season Friday, um, you know, you you have an interesting schedule coming up, a couple of big trips in the second half. What are your expectations for this team? Um, whether that's putting a, a, a win total on it, whether that is, you know, just kind of the level of confidence you have that this team can win even a playoff series. Um, I think those are very valid questions for Jazz fans, Jake. And I mean, what what do you expect just in generality? Before we come up with a win total, yeah. Um, you know, this team is thirty-six and twenty-two, fourth in the West. Um, you know, just a game and a half up on the red hot Dallas Mavericks. So what do you expect for this team in the second half? Yeah, you know, I, I think starting in the second half, I would expect them to come come out of the all star break, you know, with more of a more of a direction. I, I I really felt like the you know, the first half, if you will, because again, it should be said we're not at the halfway point of the season. Before we have this conversation, everybody needs to understand we're not at the halfway point of the season. We're well past the halfway point That's of right. the season. Just so we're all on the same page about that. But but when I when I look at, you know, the first half of the season as I'll call it, 
um, before the All-Star break. I really felt like, you know, this season before the All-Star break was full of, um, you know, adversity, was full of hurdles, was full of, you know, issues that this team hasn't really experienced before together. Like this, this, this grouping of guys that has been, you know, pretty successful up to this point, you know, in terms of basketballing. You know, you think about it, they're a team that has gotten to the second round several times, but now obviously the conversation has shifted to moving past that. So when you look at this time leading up to the All-Star break, I really felt like, you know, the Jazz had kind of, you know, they had a five, a four or five game stretch here where you felt really good going into the All-Star break, you know. You won some games, you know, you... you, you lost to the Lakers. You lost to the Lakers, but... You know, you, you overall, I felt like they were in a better spot heading into the All-Star break. So coming out of the All-Star break, you know, I really would expect at a minimum for this team to really be more organized mentally and culturally in the locker room and, and, and with the direction they're going. Like, I would expect that, you know, coming out of the All-Star break that, that you're being rested and everything, that you would be playing better basketball, that you right. would be shooting the three ball at a higher percentage, that, that you would just be playing the best brand of jazz basketball that we all know and love, which ultimately to me, in my opinion, what that is, is, you know, ball movement uh, until you get that open look from three or you're running pick and roll and you're feeding Rudy in the lob game. Those are the two areas where I feel like sometimes the jazz kind of get away from that. A lot of times I feel like Rudy's going to come up and set a pick. They're going to use that pick, but then they kind of get lost in the, in this mud of offense. So I would expect coming out of the all-star break, They'd be more organized. They'd be more intentional about the offense they're running. And then defensively, you know, defensively, I feel like there just has to be more effort all around. You know, Donovan has said several times heading into the break and over the break that, you know, it it, it starts with defense and, and he needs to put more effort in on both ends of the floor. So I would expect Donovan Mitchell to, you know, play good defense, to put a lot of effort in, to, to be giving his level best. As for the team... That's my question. What does level best look like? You know, what does level best on defense look like for a guy like Bogdanovich? You know, what does level best look like for, you know, your young guys in 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 Forrest and in Butler if he ever gets Well, I don't know. What is what is what does that look like? I, I, I think one of the biggest questions is will Quinn Snyder play the young guys? Yeah. And I think it's been one of the most hotly contested talking points amongst jazz fans is will you know, will Jared Butler get more minutes than Trent Forrest? Um, because it would seem very clear to me that the backup point guard spot on this roster is a huge question mark uh, for the rest of the season, especially with Mike Conley's history of injury. Um, you know, when we jokingly say water's wet, and Mike Conley's hurt in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if he gets hurt, you're going, you know, point Don, mm-hmm. right? I mean, at this point, Which that's... hasn't been bad. I, I think we haven't seen, no. you know, up leading into the All-Star break was really the first time we had seen a ton of point Don, you know, and I think that, that point, Don, is not bad for this basketball team. But I but I do agree with you that, you know, you don't – I mean, this has been the debate with, like, LeBron for all these years, right? You know, LeBron, as a Cavalier, when they went and won that title, what it was point Bron, and he was running the team, and, and that's what allowed them to have success. But that also changes the way you're going to run offense. So the Jazz, my point is, is that Donovan Mitchell is not LeBron James, right? Donovan Mitchell is not on his level. Nobody is. LeBron's like a sure. greatest of all time guy. So yeah. for the Jazz, point Don, I think, is a really interesting conundrum. I want the ball in Donovan Mitchell's hands. I want him making decisions out there. He's the best player on the team. But at the same time, as we've talked about several times on this show over the last couple of weeks, 
Don has to make the correct decision based on what the defense gives him. And that right there, when he comes off the screen, do they show him a double team? He's got to pass that instead of keeping it. Yeah, and I, I think there's a lot of questions about, um, you know, Donovan Mitchell. And, and there was another report over the weekend, um, which, again, the best thing that I can say is that I, I totally disagree with it, but that Donovan Mitchell is one of the three players – um, along with Damian Lillard and Zion Williamson that are going to demand trades in the offseason. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just – I think for the Utah Jazz, in, in the current scenario we find this ball club in, that doesn't make a lot of sense for Donovan Mitchell to demand a trade. Dangerous misinformation. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening yet. Um, if this is a very quiet summer where not much goes on, okay, then I could see it happening next year. But I don't, I don't think Donovan Mitchell – um, is a guy that's looking to demand a trade. And nothing he said in the interview with Tony Jones over the weekend um, that came out yesterday, mm -hmm. uh, nothing he said in that interview would make you believe that he's going to demand a trade. I mean, frankly, I think what we've seen out of Donovan Mitchell when he's talked to the media um, and from what we've heard around NBA from NBA sources around the league is that Donovan just wants to win. Um, and I don't think there's any question that this franchise is in – uh, flux right now there's a lot of change coming to the Utah Jazz in the next probably six months so mm -hmm. I think the next you know this offseason this summer is going to be critical to Don's long-term viability as a jazz man yeah no I 100% um, agree yeah but I, I don't see I don't see Donovan Mitchell demanding a trade right now I don't see him saying you know look Ryan look Danny you know look Justin Zanuck I'm out you know I don't want to be here I I again will reiterate Everybody I've spoken to, and it's at least half a dozen people, have denied that Donovan Mitchell has ever told the Utah Jazz, hey, my brand's too big for Salt Lake City, yeah. or I'm too big a star to be here. Nobody has ever nobody has ever heard that from Donovan Mitchell. All Donovan Mitchell has said is pretty much exactly what he said to Tony Jones, which is, I want to win multiple championships. All that matters is winning. Um, frankly, he's never said it's Rudy or me. Um, that was reported over the All-Star break that Donovan was telling the Jazz that if, you know, Rudy's here, I'm not. Like, that. I don't believe that's ever happened. Yeah. Um, I have not heard that even one time. Um, I think the, the, the things that we have consistently heard um, and Jazz sources have confirmed for us is that Donovan Mitchell wants to win, and he has told them, I, I want to win multiple championships. And, and, you know, Ryan Smith told him, we're going to do everything we can do to make that happen. That we will spare no expense, and we are going to rebuild this team around you. And if I'm Donovan Mitchell, I'm thrilled with that. Yeah, I'm absolutely thrilled with that. So my whole point is that all this nonsense that you know Don's demanding a trade and he's too big for the market. I don't. I. 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 That's just not act accurate. Whoever came up with that shit need to be fired. I think what the second half of the season is about is creating the superstar Donovan Mitchell. Mm -hmm. And I think you're already seeing that being on the ball gives him a lot more opportunity to impact the outcome of games. And when I say being on the ball, I don't mean shooting more. I mean, when, when you get over half court or, you know, even if, if Mike Conley's out of the game, Don's bringing the ball up. Yeah. Don's initiating the offense. Don is driving, kicking. He's shooting a lot. He's shooting threes a lot. He's shooting threes very well. But what you're seeing is, is that Donovan Mitchell's influence on the floor is growing. So what will that lead to? More influence off the floor right, is course. what that will lead to. So I, I just, 
I think this is a very critical moment in time for the Utah Jazz. You have never had a star in the modern era of jazz basketball. And maybe the right way to say that is post-Stockton and Malone. You have never had a star the caliber of Donovan Mitchell. Mm -hmm. And it would be a real shame if Danny Ainge and Ryan Smith couldn't figure it out to the point where Donovan Mitchell believes that he could win a championship here. Because right now, you know, and whether you like this show or not, I've, I've been telling you for two years this is not a championship team. Yeah. And it is not. And the roster construction has not changed almost at all. And fr frankly, un up until the Joe Ingles trade, it hadn't changed at all yeah. in the core. And the Joe Ingles trade is the only move that really has impacted the regular rotation on this team. Yeah. But what impact – and the fact that he was injured likely didn't change the trajectory of that trade, not change what you were getting in return for him. But he was going to be traded anyway. It was it was not a significant move at the end of the day. I think that's what's frustrating. Well, yeah, and I think there were people who were, I mean, I'm not going to say disappointed, but they were surprised by the Jazz lack of, you know, deal making at the deadline. Honestly, I mean that we've heard that, you know, and I, and I think that you know it's funny that you say that the rest of the season is about making Donovan Mitchell, you know, or turning him into the superstar that we all think that he can be and that he he thinks he can be. You know, I think that's spot on, and it's funny. Like, it almost feels like the rest of this year, regardless of what they what their record is or how far they go into the postseason, it's like you know this is like the last two raw for this group, and then yes. this summer, I mean, it's just going to get lit up. And I, and I think that if you're Donovan Mitchell, you know, obviously you're not worried about being traded, but I think that you're you're saying, okay, this is my time to kind of develop because I understand that that you know this this roster for two years hasn't been championship caliber and, and I, if and if I'm Donovan Mitchell and this is what I try to do I mean put yourself in Don's shoes you know you 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 are somebody who works with Chris Brickley consistently which has opened up your game and, and brought you a skill set that allows you to dominate and take over games yeah so how can you take that skill set and, and, and leverage it to get your front office to bring you talent to win a championship. And that's what's happening. Well, and I think the other thing is I, I don't believe that it's 100% incumbent on Don to do that on his own. I think that Donovan Mitchell does everything that you want Donovan Mitchell to do. And again, for better or for worse, whether you believe he shoots too much, uh, you know, whether you want to pick Rudy over Donovan, whatever your thought process is, you cannot leave Donovan hanging on an island to develop himself. You have to clearly communicate expectations. Same thing for Rudy Gobert. If, if, if you're not, if you are not clearly communicating to Rudy Gobert, we need you to develop more of an offensive skill set. Yeah. Whether that is you want him to shoot a mid-range, whether that is, hey, we need you to play back to the basket, which is what I would have him do. I would be having him build the ability to, to dribble the ability to – I would have him all day long working on catching the lob, mm -hmm. catching that ball into the post, feed the post, work with your back to the basket. Just give me a, a turnaround. It infuriates me to no end to watch Rudy Gobert talk about and hear Rudy Gobert talking about wanting to participate in the three-point contest next year. I just – that's that, – That is ridiculous. Why – what is that going to do for a team – that already is near the top in the league in three-pointers taken per game. Come on, man. What is that going to do for – like, those are the things that infuriate you. And when how you apply that to how will this team finish, 
if this team's going to be a 55-win team, which I think is probably probably their max at this point, you know, like I think that would just be an incredible run to end the season. Yeah. If this team's going to go on some improbable, incredible run. 18 of 20. If, the, if that's going to happen, if they're going to win 19 games the rest of the year, I, and having looked at the schedule last night, I think it's possible. If this team's going to, to win that kind of percentage, they are going to need Rudy Gobert to be his level best the entire rest of the way. Yeah. They are going to need the role players on this team to stick, take a significant step forward. They will need guys like Royce. They're going to need Mike Conley to be as close to 100% as he can be the rest of the way. Or they're going to fall behind the Mavericks. Because the Mavericks don't have a difficult schedule. Yeah. And frankly, the way Luka's playing right now, he's in that mode where you feel like just about everything's going in. You know, so if they're going to stay out of that five spot and have home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs, because right now I don't see any way that this team, frankly, it's just my opinion, I don't see any way that they catch the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, because the Grizzlies are our four are our full four games ahead. Yeah. I mean, you would have to win just about every game. You'd have to play like 900 basketball. You'd yeah, have it, to, I mean, you just would. Yeah, and I, I just think when you've played uh, 58 games of 82, you know, I I think that there there is I think that makes it very difficult. Yeah, and I think that the the Grizzlies. It's no secret the Grizzlies are a young team as well. You know, I mean, they're obviously maturing and they're a damn good team now. But my point is, is that they have young legs on them. I mean, they're not going to get. They're not going to run out of gas, or they're not going to like the injury stuff. Isn't going to come to that team as much as it would to the Jazz, just based yes. on age and mileage. And I think that that's no slight to the Jazz. I think that's just the reality of the situation right now. And, and this is something that we've been talking about, and, and that the Jazz have been addressing most of the year. I mean, again, we can't forget. I know it seems so long ago at this point, but you can't forget heading into the season. What was the mantra on Mike Conley? He's not playing back-to-backs, you know, whether we're going to rest him on the front half and play him on the back or vice yeah. versa. He's not playing those those back-to-backs early in the year. And and so, you know, I look at what's going down in Phoenix. Chris Paul is going to miss a significant amount of time, like six to eight weeks with this hand thing. And, and you know, I don't want Mike Conley to, to suffer that same fate because they ran him into the ground trying to play, you know, whatever, 850 or 900 basketball so that they can keep home court advantage. I mean, I think your best option as a team right now is to play the best basketball you can, of course, but but it's no secret to Jazz fan, this team has to be healthy yeah. in the first postseason series to really have any chance. You can't be playing without Mike Conley or, you know, without Don, for example, or whatever, without any of the mainstays on this team. So I think if I'm the Jazz the rest of the way – you know, Quinn Snyder down. I think it's a different view for the front office. But Quinn Snyder Absolutely, down in yeah. the day-to-day, I'm prioritizing health. I'm prioritizing making sure that we're not going too hard in practice, but we're also getting our, our prep good. Like, you know, being strategic with how much miles you're putting on these guys so that when the moment arrives, when you're playing the Clippers at Crypto.com When the Arena, moment arrives, you don't ready. need Cialis. Yeah, dude, you're ready. That's what has to happen this year. And I Guy, think that was a dick that, pill joke I just made, and well, you didn't even stop or hesitate. I'm, I'm right in the heat of my take, and you're making dick pill jokes. This is true. I am. I'm sorry if you're offended by that. Yeah, suck it. Uh, the point is, wow. the other thing that I think is really important that we have to talk about here is they're going to have to find a way to be better defensively, and you know who I'm going to talk about. 
Donovan Mitchell has to continue to play defense the way he did on that last homestand. Well, and I think he's embracing <clears throat> it now. Yeah, you know his I mean? his defense was yeah. significantly better. Yeah. Significantly better. And if it is true that while he was injured and out, that he spent a lot of time in self-reflection and, <clears throat> you know, supposedly, and I thought one of the, the, the great things that came out of that article was, you know, Tony Jones of the athletic. And if you don't subscribe to the athletic and you don't read Tony, I think you're crazy. Um, but he kind of confirmed a couple of things that we had reported that Donovan does his, his best development on his own. He is a guy who spends a lot of time by himself thinking, being with his thoughts, being with his feelings. Like he's not somebody who reaches out and is like, Hey bro, I'm really struggling with my defense talk me through like yeah. Donovan Donovan is a big picture thinker in his own mind and I think we've always known well recently we've known that and I think one of the things we've seen is that his defensive want to has been significantly higher since he was injured mm -hmm. and since he was not able to play that stretch of games um, with the concussion I think his defensive want to has gotten much better and I think what you're seeing is part of that is I do think this rub with Rudy Gobert has has changed him. I think this situation where he and Rudy, it's out in public knowledge now. Yeah, it's not a question. I mean, it, it it's no longer just us telling you that those two don't those two don't have a relationship. It's and again, it's not that they hate each other. They don't have a relationship. I'm gonna say this again. So when when a guy that you don't like is pointing the finger at you, mm -hmm. it, it's going to sting you a little harder. And I think, I think that's part of what happened here. I don't, by any stretch of the imagination, want you to conflate the idea that I'm saying what Rudy did worked because I think what Rudy Gobert did did not work. I think Rudy calling guys out in the locker room, calling, you know, pointing at Royce O'Neal on the floor at the, in the Laker game the other night yeah. was a huge mistake. I think that Rudy really undermined a lot of the good things that he had built on this team mm -hmm. by doing that. Rudy has to be a better teammate than that. But I think what it's done is it's put Donovan into a place where he's, he's stepped up a little bit here into leadership. And I think one of the things he realizes very clearly is you cannot lead when you don't act. You cannot lead without the ability to demonstrate that leadership performance is everything let's be really clear about it this. is it's but everything when it's defensive yeah offense nobody's questioning donovan mitchell nobody his offensive game is without question yeah he's the best offensive player that you've had for 20 years yeah you look at his defense and as a lot of listeners on the show have talked about and viewers on the show have mentioned Donovan's effort on defense is consistently questioned because it's weak ass. Yeah. It's weak ass. And I think over that last homestand, we saw two things. He absolutely stepped his effort up on defense. And some of that was Rudy was not in the game with this calf injury. Mm -hmm. But I also think that we're seeing Donovan Mitchell understanding, hey, this is who I am and this is where I am. If I want to get to that next level and if I'm going to be the guy – because the other thing I've consistently heard is that Donovan Mitchell realizes he's got to be the guy to pull the team. Yes. He's got to pull the rope along. Yes. He knows that now. And 
He knows that, but he's also embraced that. Mm -hmm. And so I think what you're seeing is Donovan passing more because he knows he's got to get everybody else involved more. Well, and I think at the core, he's making the choice that we've all been waiting for. Yeah, he's I agree with that. the choice of, hey, no matter what it is, whether it's the passing, whether it's the defense, whether, you know, whether it's teammate relations, let's say, he's making the choice to say, okay, it, it, really, it really isn't up to me whether I am or I am not the leader. I am the leader. It yes. has been like it is it is me whether I like it or not basically. So I need to make the choice to embrace that and lead this team and pull this team along and I, and I think that that what's so exciting about that for me is that is and I and I know we compare them all the time and you guys do too, but we saw this same process play out in Phoenix with Devin Booker. The yes. literally the exact same process. Booker was criticized to no end for his defense. He was criticized to no end for his lack of 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 the clutch gene in the postseason, his first go around with it. Like like there was a lot of stuff said about Devin Booker, but then what do you get? You see him making a choice to play better defense. Yes. You see him in the summer putting all this time into his body so that, you know, he doesn't have to deal with a meniscus thing or this or that. And so then what happens? He makes that choice just like Donovan's made that choice. And then his front office goes out and brings in Chris Paul, just like we surmise and hope that the front office will go out this summer and make a big move. And that's why it's so exciting to me to see the parallels between these two. Are they rivals or are they, you know, two teams that contend for the Western Conference? Well, yes, of course. But I think when you look at, as a Jazz fan, when you look at where this team is going, right, even if they get bounced out of the postseason in the first round this year, let's say, there are still a ton of positives around what this team is doing, and I think you can't lose sight of that because there is this. I feel like Jazz fans do sometimes operate with a cloud over their head, and you got to understand this is a process to get to where you want to go. But I, I still think that this is not a championship caliber team, no, and no. you can't win. And this is again, this is just my opinion, but you cannot win a championship with Rudy Gobert's situation and, with, and again it should be said you we this show has been saying that for like two years now i mean it's not a secret and the league agrees with it now and the front office clearly agrees with it now now will they make a trade with rudy involved i, I don't know but i think they understand at a minimum if rudy's going to be on this team they got to have a ton more talent on the wing which you can't do when you're paying rudy gobert 35 percent of your salary cap so that's the conundrum yeah so it, it, it's difficult listen i i think I think there's no doubt that there's a lot of questions to be asked and answered in the offseason. And I maintain, I think they likely, I think you're probably 60-40 going to make a change with Quinn Snyder. Um, I think stylistically, I, I think that's the other part of the conversation with this roster that we haven't had yet. In the second half, your style has to change, right? With these last, what is it, 25 games, if you're really going to go 19-5, and because I think that's their maximum. I think that's absolutely the best record this team could hope for. Right. That Suns game on Sunday Huge. is a must win. Huge. No Chris Paul. He's out six to eight weeks with a broken thumb. Got to have it. That's a must win, right? But if you're going to go 19 and five, you stylistically, you can't keep playing the way you've been playing. You, you cannot continue to feed out all the defense into Rudy Gobert. It's a great player. It's a great defender. I get it. But this team has to be individually better defensively. Yeah. And they I don't know that 90% of the guys on this roster are capable. Um, I think one of the real questions is, what adjustments is Quinn Snyder going to come out of the All-Star break with? How many more minutes is Eric Pascal going to get? Because I just don't think at this point you can count on Rudy Gay to be to be 
ago. Yeah. I think that Rudy has been dealing with heel and knee issues. Even when he has been a go, though. I mean, it's not like Rudy Gay has been some firecracker off the bench. I mean, well, he shot the three really well. I mean, yeah. he's fit into what you do offensively, but defensively has been the biggest question. That's not why you – let's remember this, though. I, I think this is an important point. You didn't bring Rudy Gay here to shoot the three. You brought him here to play small ball at the five. I would agree. That's that's his purpose on this roster. Do I agree that he shot the three well? Well, yeah, absolutely. When he was healthy, he was shooting the three well, and he gave them a nice little pop while he was available. But I think that, you know, Eric Pascal's toughness and his willingness to, to take the hard foul, his willingness to fight for the rebound yes. that a lot of guys on this team are not willing to fight for, I would love to see Pasco get somewhere between 15 and 20 minutes a night. No, not more than 20, but 15 to 20, anywhere in there, I think is the sweet spot. Especially against a team like a Phoenix is a really good example. You're going to have to figure out how to beat Phoenix with Rudy off the floor mm -hmm. because there's not – the problem is that they run so many different kind of centers at you. If that's Bismack Biombo on the low block, okay, Rudy's got a place. I think he, he can handle, obviously, DeAndre Ayton. Mm -hmm. But when they go to that smaller lineup and, and you see everybody from Jay Crowder to, you know, like, you see all these guys passing out of the post, it makes it difficult for Rudy to have a real effective place in the lineup. Well, and they just brought Torrey Craig back and to, I, to Phoenix. I, I think that guys like Torrey, like, again, I will just look at their three best players. Now, Chris Paul's out six to eight weeks. Okay, throw him out. Look at their two best players, Mikhail Bridges and Devin Booker, right? You don't have a defensive answer. And on offense, both of those guys, Devin Booker has stepped his offensive game up significantly, Yeah. right? So you ask yourself now, well, like, what's the matchup? How do you, if you are the, if you are the Utah Jazz, how do you deploy offense to beat what the Suns do defensively? I don't think you have that because they're quicker and they're stronger than you and they shoot the three um, at, a, at, at pretty much the same level that you do. Yeah. And the other issue is if you're going to use Rudy in the high screen and roll, they have the bodies to defend that. Mm -hmm. So I, I, that's why this game is so critical without Chris Paul, it gives you a chance to beat the Suns and feel good about yourself. Well, in that high pick and roll game you talk about would be, and again, not to rain on Rudy's parade, but this, when you're playing really good teams, this is where that elbow jumper we always talk about would be really, really nice to have out of Rudy Gobert. Because then, think about it. You've got Don with the with the ball at the top of the key. Rudy comes and set the pick. He uses the pick, and now he's got options. And the defense doesn't know what he's going to do. Imagine a world where DeAndre Ayton has to respect Rudy's jumper from the elbow. Not a three, but just a quick little elbow push shot or jumper. And, you know, he's got to respect that as a defender. So now he's playing... Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert with his helper trailing behind the play. That is what breeds great NBA offense. And so when you don't have the jumper, DeAndre Ayton suddenly is not so scared of shading towards Donovan Mitchell knowing he can get back. And that's why I say when you're watching these games, it's not just that Rudy can't shoot or he doesn't really have an offensive game. It's how that affects the Jazz and what the defense does to the Jazz. That's really what you got to look for. Their role players are exceptional. Yeah. <laughs> the Phoenix yeah, Suns, yeah. they yeah. run three centers at you, Aiton, JaVale, and uh, Bismarck. You you look at what they're getting from a guy like a Cam Johnson who puts up 15 on Milwaukee but in see, that win. Man, they've, they've brought a guy like Cam Johnson to life. Yeah. Like yeah. Cam, 
ESPN yeah, is absolutely. running again. Come on. Auto ads. Come my on. <laughs> but look what they did with a guy like 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 a Cam Cam Johnson. Even campaign. I mean, both of those guys yeah. are guys who, you know, they drafted Cam Johnson. They've developed him and brought him along. Campaign is a guy who was almost out of the league. Like people didn't want this guy. They signed him for a pretty cheap contract, and now all of a sudden he's given them whatever. I'd have to look at his season averages, but typically, you know, he's a ten to fifteen point a night guy. He can do that for and you. He, and even when he's been injured, they've been able to adjust to that. Yeah. Um. Even you know because you're getting a few minutes out of Peyton, you're getting a few minutes. You're stealing a few minutes here and there. Um. And you're getting. I just again, this is who the Jazz need to become. Yeah. Uh, developers of young talent, really good veterans. What what the Suns get out of JaVale McGee, it's that's ridiculous. the that's the difference maker. Yeah, it's that, wild. And by the way, what do the Suns have that the Jazz don't? They have guys who have won rings. Mm-hmm. They have guys who've competed at the top of the league. Like even just having JaVale McGee, now that your whole roster essentially has been through the NBA finals and run through the Western Conference and you've been in big moments. It's naturally going to make you better. Yeah. So anyway, here, no, there. Let's get some of your comments in here because I know that uh, there's a lot of you here. Appreciate that. Please give us a thumbs up. You guys have really supported this show. Um, Hitting like on our videos makes a huge difference because it puts it out there in the algorithm. More people see the videos when you like when you you like and and give us a thumbs up. So please do that. Um, We are rapidly approaching 5,000 followers on on TikTok. Um, as well as 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. When we get there, we're going to give away an Xbox, or excuse me, we're going to give away a PS5 mm-hmm. um, that's back at the Korea. You're sitting at home waiting for someone. Um, also, by the way, don't forget, Jake's going to hold up our uh, You're a Casual t-shirt. Uh, that is available to you for $25. Just DM us. We have a full size range available, um, you know, all the way from small, because a lot of people asked us about smalls. Smalls all the way up to 3X are available uh, in the Euro Casual shirt, just DM uh, Jake or I. Jake is SLC Supercars on all social platforms. You can find me, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Do okay. it. So let's talk. Jeremy Bolton says, Sup, fellas, you're missing some epic snow here in Utah. I know. Of course, Jeremy, we leave and what happens, it snows. Uh, bummer. The Blind Swordsman says, uh, I found a dude on Twitter who is a bigger casual than you. Just kidding. He thinks we should trade Donovan over Rudy. You're well, casual. I mean, there's a lot of people. I, I think the thing that you need to understand is there's a lot of people that would rather have Rudy than Donovan. Wow. Um, and yeah. I think it's crazy. Yeah. I, I, I think I've covered this league a long time. And I'm telling you now that you don't win championships in 2022 and beyond with centers who don't have an offensive game. Too bad. You know, like you win centers with elite wings, and that's what Donovan Mitchell is. He, Donovan Mitchell, I just cannot tell you how special of a talent he is. And he's not been, he's not been in an atmosphere where he's been wholly developed. Yeah. His growth has been a lar- largely on his own. Um, and I'm telling you now, I think Donovan Mitchell is the one that gets away from you if he leaves here. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to happen. And I think five years from now, Donovan will still be a Utah Jazz man. We'll see. I do. Um, because I believe in Ryan Smith and Danny Ainge. I believe that they will do what needs to be done to get him to stay here. And I think this offseason, this summer, will determine if my belief is that you can win two or three championships in the next five years. That'll be determined this summer. Mm-hmm. And Donovan's fate in future will be determined this summer. Rudy's fate and future will be determined this summer. 
And if you choose Rudy Gobert, I think you are choosing a pain train. Yeah. Because Don will not be here long term. Yeah. I think you need to build this roster around him. So I don't disagree with you, Blind Swordsman, at all. Tao Unga says, hella snowy here in Utah. Thank you. Uh, Brylark says, what's up, boys? Can't wait till Rudy isn't on the roster. Edgar Garcia says, you're alive. Good morning, players. Hello. Hello. Uh, Steve Hambone says, good morning, guys. Let's go, Jazz. I think we're going to... Uh, we're going to go for a winning streak to the playoffs. I think 19 and 5. Well, I think is your best highest result. I think what everyone's hoping for and what all the media is talking about is the 2018 team. Yes. And what that team did. And I'm telling you that this team can do what that team did, but it is going it's not good enough just to be healthy. It's not good enough just to have all your guys on the floor and roll up and think that, that that's going to be good enough. I got news for you. The Western Conference is better now than it was then. Teams are playing better basketball even without the Jamal Murrays of the world, right? You're, you're playing better basketball even without Anthony Davis, as you guys found out the other night. So, Who? Yeah. No. Anthony. What? See, why do you, why do you do Davis. this to me? You know, why do you why do you do this to me? Now now I gotta go and, and find it. After the street closed Davis. You're Thank welcome. You. Thank you. So my point just is is this team can do what the twenty eighteen team did, but it's going to take a an a, a very strategic and intentional um, strategy out of Quinn Snyder and this roster to do what that team did. They're going to have to get exponentially younger and more lateral movement. And they're going to have to shoot the three ball the rest of this year at 40%. Like yeah. if they need to do that. I don't see that happening. I, I just don't. And Garcia says the jazz have never really been known for playing the young guys. I would agree with that. Conley and Chris have the same issues. Jeremy Bolton says they do. Agreed. And Garcia says, um, Donovan, no D Mitchell and Zion, if he gets healthy, will be in New York in under five years. No D Mitchell. Yeah, I disagree with that. Are there any groups or organizations that would benefit from Donovan leaving Utah? Because could those groups be putting um, this out there to try and force Donovan out? I, I think one of the things that is an issue for Donovan Mitchell is that, and he talked about this on the Chris Haynes podcast. It was not well received when he spoke up for voter rights in this state. Mm -hmm. It was not, it's not, it has not been well received when he has talked about issues um, facing minorities in the community. Thanks. And, you know, it's funny. We've had that, we've talked about this a lot. One of the things that is interesting about living in Utah is when you visit a place like California for two weeks and you see brown skin and you see, you know, Latinos, you see blacks, you see Asians, you see, this wonderful mix of cultures. This is fucking America. That you don't see in Utah, and you realize just how white of a state mm -hmm. and a region that Salt Lake City is. Yep. And you understand why when Donovan sees things that, you know, he, he wants to be involved in the community, and then everybody pushes back against him, and he sees the Utah Jazz trying to serve underserved communities with scholarships mm -hmm. and you see people pushing back against that, it would be frustrating for him. He's a, he is a proud black man. Come on, man. And he's trying to make an impact in our community. And there's a large swath of our community who doesn't want him to have an impact. There's a large swath of our community that would love him to shut up and dribble. Yeah. And I'm telling you, that's a huge part of why he would leave here. I'm sorry if you're offended. You by know, that. I still think the biggest factor in him leaving here is that um, he wants to win. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about, well, nobody will sign here as a free agent. How do you think it looks to other black NBA athletes when 
they see a, a, a state like Utah that's got tons of stereotypes about it, and they see a, a young black star trying to have an impact in his community, and they see an organization that is moving mountains to send underprivileged communities to college. Yeah. And the rest of the community is pushing back. It's not a good look. It's not a good look at all. Yeah. And it's not so a good look. It, it, you understand that this is not just about, well, guys won't sign here. Because there's a large part of the guys won't sign here community pushing back against Donovan and pushing back against the organization trying to give out scholarships to underprivileged communities. Okay. So that's how it's going to be. Which are largely minorities. Yeah. You know, like it, it's just this this whole conversation. For NBA players anymore, you look at the, the brightest stars in this league, a lot of them are East Coast ballers. A lot of them are Kevin Durant from D.C. A lot of them are LeBron from Akron. A lot of them are Donovan from New York, right? Like his roots are in New York now, right? I mean, that's his home essentially. So you understand why he wants to be a Nick or a, a net, but that doesn't mean he's going to actively fight his way out. Yeah. That's, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, there are very few situations in this league where you get to play in your hometown and Io DeSumo with the Bulls or, you know, like Kevin Durant could have gone to D.C. He didn't. He went to Brooklyn. Why do you think D. Wade wanted to be a Bull? You know, like, I just think that when you're Donovan Mitchell, that you have a set of circumstances that would frustrate you. If it put yourself, and I don't know how many people in our audience can even do it, but put yourself in a, in a, a 20 something black man's body, put yourself in his life and understand that it's, it's about winning and impacting the community. Yeah. And you're not really allowed to do either one. And you really don't have control over anything but what's happening on the basketball court, and you don't decide wins and losses. Yeah. So I mean, what I, do you decide? <laughs> I think you have to have some empathy for where Don is, and I, and I think Utah is. Listen, I I have said this openly. We choose to live in Utah. I can live anywhere I want to live. I make good money. I can afford to live anywhere I want to live. I choose to live in Salt Lake City because it's a great place to live. Yeah. But there are some challenges just like anywhere else, and Donovan is dealing with that. Yep. There's no doubt about it. I, it, it is what it is. Uh, poor Man's Ride says Donovan must learn how to be uh, LeBron playoff. Yeah, I yeah? think I think I don't that disagree with that. To that. Uh, positive Takes Only says the Jazz need to mix things up. And Garcy says uh, Tanner Plummer, all talking heads for the Jazz, will tell you over and over that they will have an excellent player development program. They do not have an yeah, excellent player development they program. Uh, hey, D. Will was amazing in my opinion. Yeah, but like I think Darren Williams was like a pain in the ass. Yeah, I mean Darren Williams is not anywhere close to what Donovan Mitchell is to this organization, in my opinion. And Just and my opinion. and coach and Darren Williams. I mean, look, Jerry was a difficult guy to play for if you were bucking the system. And I think I think Darren was bucking the system. There's no doubt was about that. Was he fun to watch? Hell yeah. That crossover was still fire even as a Brooklyn net, dude. Like, yeah, it was guy, fun to watch him play. Like, he's a fun player to watch, but he's not Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, also can't wait to talk about Draymond's insecurities about Rudy Gobert. Like, what is his deal? Whether he's better than Rudy or not, why is he obsessed and weird about it? I think that – I think Rudy Gobert has a lot of enemies around the NBA. I think good or bad that Draymond Green has all of you fooled. I think that he has everybody fooled. I think Draymond's Green, Draymond Green, 
one of the best abilities he has is to get in your head and have you thinking about him rather than thinking about your dog yeah. crap shooting percentage from the free throw line or or anything that you control. And I think that Draymond Green understands that the Warriors have a decent chance of running into the Jazz and that all this is going to come back and Rudy's going to be concerned about what he's what Draymond's been saying off the court instead of playing good defense. And that's what I think. Which has been a problem for Rudy historically. And that's what I think Draymond is actually doing. I don't think I don't think that Draymond is obsessed or some like weird guy. Not Draymond at all. has won championships. Draymond is the core of that team. Dude, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to win the mental game. He's an yes. old school yes. player. Yes. He's he is a nineties, late eighties, nineties player. Yes. He'd have dominated in that era. And he dominates now. But yes. I think he under he understands the game. He yes. he really does. Uh the blind swordsman DS says, see, they need to hold on to Donovan and get rid of Rudy and build around Donovan. I, I agree with that. Poor man's ride says Donovan must learn how to be LeBron in the playoffs. I can see that he can possibly be a smaller version of LeBron to facilitate play. And he will have to do that. Yeah. You know, like he, he, he will have to do that. Uh, the Donovan bubble is killing playoff LeBron. Uh, I don't know. LeBron James is probably the best basketball player in the world right now. I mean, like he is the way LeBron's playing is. Yeah. I, I don't even know how to describe what he's doing. Tanner says Rudy wants to be in the three point contest. You see, this is why no one respects him outside of Utah because he says and does stupid things. Yeah, it's just an asinine thing to say. And I don't know that I don't know if he was you know, a lot of people have said, well, he was kidding, he was joking. I actually don't think he was. Yeah, and that's I what think, we do now. I think he is desperate to show people he can shoot. Desperate. But yet he gets in a game and I, I have not seen him hit rim with a three pointer. Yeah. Like I think he he it's just not who he is. You're you're man, he's an old dog at this point. You're not going to change those spots. You're you're just not. Like well, And I think it was with all due respect to Rudy, I think it was a, a pretty big slap in the face to watch Carl Anthony Towns do what he did in that three-point contest. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns lit it up, dude. And and I think that that it is I, again, like Call me a Rudy hater, but if I'm Rudy Gobert, like I'm kind of upset by that. Not that not that I have an issue with Cat per se, but like I'm upset by the idea a big man went in and did what he did. Like I would be upset by that if I was Rudy Gobert. I'd be saying, "Damn, like I need to start shooting more. I need to do like I would yes. take that personally, you know." Well, and I think Cat is the prototypical big man. I mean, I think Joel. You know, if we're going to talk about bigs being all successful them, in this dude. league, like all three of them, I think. I don't even know, like Jokic, Joel, those three. and Cat. Those three are on a different pedestal of bigs, and then it's everybody else, in my opinion. Honestly, yeah. even a lot of people say, well, DeAndre Ayton's got a really nice shot. He's got a really nice back-to-the-basket game. Yeah, but he doesn't have the game that that Cat and Joel have right now. I mean, those two particularly are are dynamic. Joel's on player, another dude. planet, too. Yeah, like, like honestly, yeah. like. Egg, yeah. Edgar Garcia says, if you want to pick Rudy over Don, you clearly haven't seen Luca's mom. Uh, exactly. Well, you know, yeah. You're yeah. casual. Obviously. Yeah. Do you even watch jazz games? You know. Um, Donovan No D Mitchell is O dash every game winner, zero for every game winner attempted, and why Quinn keeps calling his number in game winning situations is ridiculous. Well, who else are you going to give the ball to? Who are you going to give it to? Well, I mean, you do have Buckets O'Neal. I mean, it's. it's Please stop calling him Buckets O'Neal. Yeah. He's a bum. Stop. I bet Rudy was saying he wants to be in the three-point contest totally tongue-in-cheek, Jeremy says. Poor man's ride says Donovan must learn to be 
Yeah, and we talked about that. J.P. Shanahan says, Don missed the All-Star game. I hope it's nothing serious. Yeah, it's a non-COVID illness. I don't know what that Otherwise means. Otherwise known as stay off your feet and rest because we're going to need you. Yeah, I don't know what that <laughs> means. And Garcia says, maybe even Conley, uh, Donovan no D Mitchell has gone from horrible D to subpar D. Well, I'd actually disagree with that. Yeah. I think he's played significantly better defense. Yeah. He's played... He has played very good defense over that last homestand, so I disagree with you on that. Uh, Poor Man's Ride says, I hope Quinn will learn to adjust in-game situations, specifically the fourth quarter. We all knew, we all know who will play at the end, so we're preparing matchups against five players who start. I don't disagree with that at all. Um, I, I, I agree with that. Again, why not push Donovan No D Mitchell uh, to be our shoot-first point guard and look for a third 3 and D2? Because... You don't, we don't have numbers on guys anymore. Yeah. Donovan plays three positions. LeBron changed that. You yeah. need to understand that. Le like, LeBron's ability to play point all the way through center, it's – I mean, you're looking at Donovan Mitchell as a as a point guard or – I think Donovan Mitchell – I think what you need is a dynamic number two to Donovan Mitchell, and mm -hmm. he becomes a, a superstar. You need somebody – like, right now, why wouldn't you double Donovan? Well, you would like who? Who's... You would. That's what the Clippers essentially did. They said, "Hey, we're 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 gonna double Don, and you're gonna have to force the ball to someone else." And the Jazz didn't make those shots. We've seen. We've. I think we've seen outside of that amount. one quarter. Because remember that what was that? That first quarter of the playoffs. Yeah. In that playoff game where they shot like eighty six hundred percent. Yeah. From three where they yeah, didn't yeah. miss a shot. I think, was that the Clippers series? I that think, was that the Clippers series. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they shot the lights out, but I think. And, and this is kind of the this is sort of the the next level when you talk about NBA analytics and like how NBA teams go about it. Like the Clippers understand, okay, yeah, they may go on a run here where they shoot ten of twelve from three, where they make ten of twelve and they're out to a twenty five point lead, and everyone's going to say this strategy this strategy is trash. But then we know that they're going to come back to earth in the second half, which is what happened. If you remember, because let's not forget. They were out to a big lead in the first half. The Clippers stuck that strategy out, reeled them back in, and won the game. And that's why I'm saying, like, I think that you, like, the double Don thing is real. They don't, the Jazz don't have an answer for that. Well, and you got to get more out of out of Boyan Bogdanovich. I mean, you, if if this team's going anywhere, it won't be Rudy and Don. It's gonna be a guy like Boyan Bogdanovich stepping up. Yeah. Um, because the thing that worries me about Mike Conley is I think Mike has just slowed down. Mm -hmm. I think Mike Conley is having a lot of trouble in the paint. Um, and he's he's doing well with that push shot. But I think I think Mike Conley has slowed down. I I feel like you've <clears> seen <throat> that with a couple of guys on the roster. I think Royce O'Neal, I mean, the turnovers with Royce, I think you can't count on Jordan Clarkson. Yes. Boyan Bogdanovich is the guy that has to step up. Mm -hmm. And for him, when I say step up, you've got to feature him in certain sets. Mm -hmm. You have got to work offense to get him a three. Um, because I still don't love him going to the basket. I think it's imperative he do it. I don't love him going to the basket. He's just not polished as a finisher. Mm -hmm. And he's getting there because he's long. He understands how to use his shoulders to create space, draw the foul. But... If this team's going to win, he's got to be 50 points against the Blazers last year, Bogdanovich. Yeah. And he just, Boyan's not been that guy. Yeah. <clears throat> and that that worries me a little bit. And I think some of that is the offense has really struggled to run sets. 
Um, they just haven't run until that last homestand. They hadn't been running offense. But you see what happens when they do. And this is why I say, like, like we can talk about Donovan or we can talk about this player or that player, but ultimately it's going to come down to Quinn Snyder giving this team direction and telling them, hey, we've got to do X, Y, and Z on offense yeah. to get to get the higher percentage look. And that's what I that's the way I like to say it. The Jazz have to work hard to get high percentage looks because that's ultimately what the NBA is about. I agree. Make sure you go ahead and give us a thumbs up uh, and like. Really appreciate you guys being here. Hit subscribe when we get to 5,000 subscribers. And we are, I think we're already meteorically rising. We picked up 100 in the last three days, and I don't know how we did it, but we're at 3,251. Um, so, I mean, we're we're rapidly growing on TikTok. Our, our TikTok contest is working great. Um, we picked up 600-something Followers over the weekend were at thirty-seven fifty-nine. So yeah, so we're we're so. that PS five is getting we're giving that away quick. So please Thanks. make sure that you hit subscribe, give us a thumbs up, and let's talk about the biggest bust in NBA history. Mm. So you know that the New Orleans Pelicans, the Pels, the Pels, uh, traded for CJ McCollum, mm. and they sent out Josh Hart. Um, and everybody was excited. You're going to pair this guy with with Zion Williamson. And, you know, like, I mean, Chubbs is going to get better. And Brandon Ingram. And, you know, it's, God, it's God, yeah, God. it's going to be amazing. Yeah. How do you think C.J. McCallum and Zion Williams' first conversation went? I'm a carb-eating motherfucker. They haven't had one yet. Oh. C.J. McCallum. And Zion Williamson, according to reports, have not spoken. And I ain't giving up no damn Rice Krispie treats. It's been a couple of weeks, and you have not spoken. I'm telling you, Zion Williamson's a huge bust. Yep. Not only is he not physically in shape, not only is he out for the year with this broken foot, he just is turning out to be an asshole. Like, it sounds like the guy loves him some Zion, and is not dedicated to winning. And winning? it is How about dedicated to playing? It like, is remarkable to me that this guy has just been an absolute it's not remarkable cuz and I feel like I say this too much. I told you this guy was going to be a fucking bust. Yeah. We've talked about this for a long time. We had an epic epic debate when these two when John Zion were coming into the draft. Epic debate about who was going to be the better player. And everybody was like, you guys are idiots. That Zion's going to be the next LeBron. It's like, no, dude. Nope. Hey, man. Nope. Nope. Go. Nope. No skill set. No leaping ability does not make you a great basketball player. Right? Leaping the ability to dunk in high school games and the ability to dunk at Duke didn't make you a great player. Could you dominate those levels doing that? Well, yeah, sure. Because you're physically imposing. What was the first thing that people noticed when he came into the league? Well, all of a sudden, Zion can't jump the same way he used to. What happened? Yeah, and C.J. McCallum said uh, when he was asked about his relationship with Zion and does he know him, he said, I haven't had conversations with him directly. I'm sorry, I thought what? you said you haven't. Like, he has not spoken How to him. How is that even possible if you're Zion Williamson, bro? This is a code to the board. I, like, I, I, oh, I think Jake. The sex Bro, bots are on. in. The sex go crisis lockdown mode here at the, the house. The sex go, bots on. are in, bro. Come on. Son of a biscuit on whole wheat. Dude. Yeah, it's rough.
we were having such a good show. The internet has been on, like everything's been good. Yeah, how about our internet like, getting fixed? You know, yeah, I don't hear all the ooh, the audio work today. You know, casual people out there. Hmm. Yeah, uh, rumors are that Jazz are going after Kent Bazemore. Neat. Give me Alfonso McKinney before Kent Bazemore. Yeah, all day. We know what Kent Bazemore is, and it ain't much. Uh, Justin Saul says, "I said from day one, Zion was not going to live up to the hype. Yeah, he was too big." to move like he was moving, and if he lost weight, his main advantage, size and weight, would disappear. I think Zion has a lot of talent. And if Zion is a guy that get, gets down to 260, 255, because yeah. he's over three bills now, if he gets – he's going to have to lose 25, 30, 40 pounds yeah. to, to play in this league to be consistently healthy because your best ability – Is your availability. And he's not available because he's got knee, he's got foot, he's got lower body injuries because he's – too big. Facts. So you're in a situation now where you built your franchise around this guy. And now you're unwinding that process. Facts. And I think he's going to be, I think he is going to be gone at, over the summer. He will, I don't think he ever plays for the New Orleans Pelicans again. Now, on the other side of it, really quick before we leave this, I love the idea of Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum playing together. I think that will be fun. I think, I think mm. if you're the Pelicans, you know, it may not result in, like, wins. a ton of wins, but I think that if you're the Pelicans, you know, you understand who you are and where you are, you know, and you understand that Brandon Ingram needs to spend time around guys who have done things in the league. And, and yes, C.J. McCollum hasn't won a championship, but yeah. damn if he hasn't been in the postseason a ton, and damn if he can't teach you something, you know. And I think that ultimately is what the trade is about. And Garcy says, why would they speak if he's nowhere near the team? Well, because they're teammates, and he is, and he's Zion Williamson. He's and, a big part know. of that organization. Yeah, uh, and he's around the team all the time. Yeah. So, uh, and Garcia says they also heard he cut his shoe for hype in a shoe contract. Uh, I, I I don't know. I I that would be ridiculous if he did that. I don't know if he did or not. I doubt he so did. sounds so college, dude. Glad your casual audio is working today. Well played, Jeremy Bolton says. Yeah, but, thank you, Jeremy. Appreciate that. You're casual. By, by the way, I don't know if anybody saw over the weekend, people were um, people were talking about that, um, you know, a certain guy named Alex Caruso was the most important player for the Bulls to get back. He's you a know. brilliant guy. I mean, I know he sucks, Jeremy, but, you know, uh, you know. I want you to listen to me. You know. Uh, Zion has probably been training with James Harden, training table cheese fries. Seriously, <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> Seriously, I think he like if you look at Greg Oden, um, you know, Portland Trailblazers. Um, That's the guy I think of when I think Ohio of Zion, State. Dude. I mean, that is the there isn't a laundry list of biggest Who was busts the in the guy NBA, that the, but... the Cavs drafted that went to the Timberwolves. Um, oh, man, I can't remember him. I can't remember the guy's name. He's that much of a bust. He was a number one overall pick. Yeah. I don't um. Know. Anyway, the point is, is that I think that he was Zion. Zion is definitely a bigger bust than Greg Oden, in my opinion. I think that people, the hype train around Zion for years, coming into the league was just epic. Since 2000, here are the number one overall picks: Kenyon Martin, not a bust; Kwame Brown, bust; Yao Ming, stud; LeBron, Dwight Howard, Andrew Bogut, and, uh, Andre Bargnani, eh. Greg Oden, bust; Derrick Rose, MVP; Blake Griffin. John Wall, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis, Anthony Bennett, Anthony oh, Bennett, Anthony Bennett, Anthony yes. Bennett, 
Yes. Bust. Yes. Andrew Wiggins as a number one pick. Bust. He's not a bust. For them, he is. Bro, he's an all-star, dude. He's worked out. Well, now he is. But as a number one overall pick, he was a bust. Carl Anthony Towns, Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz, bust. Is Ben Simmons a bust? Ben Simmons is a bust. Yeah, he they he is when you're the reason that they lose and you flame, you're a bust. Yeah. I could be wrong about it. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it, uh, that, what that's... do you guys think in the comments? I yeah. think Ben Simmons. I mean, he's rookie of the year every year, but he's a bust. See, he's Jazz rookie fans? of the year I, every year. I'm serving it for you. Yeah. Markel Fultz, bust. DeAndre Ayton, not a bust, but not a number one overall pick. Uh, Zion Williamson, fat. Anthony bust. Edwards, stud. Fat. Stud. Can we can we get a list of number two overall picks? Your mom. Okay. What? <laughs> Your mom was number two. She's the biggest bust in the world's history. Uh, she could be. Um, I don't know. Like, number two overall picks. Let's see. Every NBA number two overall pick. Statmuse.com. Um, all right. Since 2000, Strohmile Swift. Bust. Tyson Chandler. Stud. Jay Williams. Motorcycle. Darko Milosic. <laughs> Darko Milosic. Bust. Emeka Okafor. Stud. Marvin Williams. Stud. LaMarcus Aldridge. Kevin, Kevin Durant. Bust. Uh, yeah, next question. Michael, <laughs> Michael Beasley. Weed. Hashim Thabit. Who? Your mom. Uh, Evan Turner. Stud. Derek Williams. Eh. Mm. Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Bust. Bust. Victor Oladipo. Quad. Uh, Jabari Parker, bust. D'Angelo Russell, bust. Bar Brandon Ingram. Oh, D'Lo is not a bust. He's not. He's not a bust. Uh, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Marvin Bagley the third, bust. John Morant, stud. James Wiseman, stud. Jalen Green, don't know. Not yet. <laughs> Keith Van Horn, stud. Telling you, there's a ton of value. Mike at Bibby, two overall, stud. stud. Steve Francis, stud. Stromile Swift. We went over those ones now. I'm telling you, okay. number two. When you go number two instead of going number one, and the best thing in your life is when you go number one and number two at the same time. Well, so I'm a man. That was a poop joke. All right, we got to move on. That We're was running a, out of time. We're running was, out of time, dude. It's already it's already forty past. Bro, that was a poop joke. I know it was a poop joke. I get it. That was. A, I think Ben Simmons is a bust. Tanner says, Tao Unga Anthony Bennett, Kwame Brown was not a bust. Yes, he was. And Garcia Anthony Bennett, thank you. Brylark says Markel Fultz. Yeah. Jeremy Bolton says Alex Caruso is Cafe Rio of the NBA. Bro. Good, not great. Kelsey Hamer says, what's Zion's ceiling? Um, well, really, I'm more. Con I'm not worried about his ceiling. I'm worried about the door jams. To get uh, I think – see, that was a – you know. Uh, <laughs> come on, that, wow. was, that was a little, wow. funny. A little funny. It was, yeah. Um, was Zion's ceiling is NBA, NBA MVP. Can we talk about his floor with weight? How Stop low could it. he get? Sean Mirzinski, Kevin Love. I'd love to have Kevin Love on this team. Um, Olivier Ruiz says, what about the comparison to Charles Barkley? He was also short for a power forward. Well, Charles Barkley, oddly enough, over the weekend did an interview about the 75th team. Mm -hmm. And he was saying when he was a rookie, he went to Moses Malone mm -hmm. and said, hey, Moses, I'm not playing the minutes I want to be playing. Why, why is that? Fat. And he said, because you're fat and you're out of shape. I'm a carb-eating motherfucker. And Charles Barkley admitted he went down to his room and cried. And then Moses Malone called his room and said, hey, I'm willing to work with you, man. Let's get this done. Get your lazy ass in the gym. Charles Barkley's a Hall of Famer now. Hmm. The Hall of Very Good. Um, so it's interesting to me. 
So I, I think Charles Barkley is a very interesting comparison. Did you guys uh, go to the Jazz Laker game? No, Jake was not willing to go. Yeah, next question. Uh, you know. Michael Burton says, Simmons isn't a bust. He's still in the NBA. I would say a bust would be someone who doesn't play long and is out. Well, he hasn't played this <laughs> entire year. I a mean, fair point. Zion Williamson has played like five minutes in the NBA. True. Like, you know, that true. is fair. True, true. Uh, you know. Uh, Michael, he's going to be out for the NBA, out of the NBA soon. I don't think he will be. I think, I think he'll be a role player. He'll be Christian Leitner. He'll be a role player. Uh, Gabe Ledley says, my dudes, happy belated Monty. Nice shoe pickups this weekend. Yeah, man. You You know, so funny shoe story real quick. So we're, you know, when you're not at home, you're like not in your regular routine. Stuff. Right, right. So Jake, um, you know, I was upstairs getting dressed yesterday because we were leaving mm-hmm. um, to go have breakfast with a friend of mine. So Jake comes upstairs. He's like, bro, bro, bro. Shock drop. They dropped the Jordan 6 UNC. Right. Get on your phone. Yeah. It's a sneakers app. Yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. I can't find my phone. I can't find it. I had made the bed like the room I'm staying in was perfectly clean. I ripped the bed apart trying to find it, thinking I left it under the covers. The code 10 abort. I opened all my drawers. Like I pulled all my underwear and socks out of the underwear drawer because I'm not in a suitcase. We actually have a dresser. And it's going like, crisis lockdown mode here at the house. I'm like looking in my pockets. It was on the nightstand. It's really unfair. Like out in plain view on the nightstand. So I lost like five minutes looking uh, for my phone. I still won the draw. How did you do in that draw? I didn't win it. Suck it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so Jake. Yeah. Shame. Shame. hundred percent. I lost. So we are very good to each other when it comes to shoes. Mm-hmm. Like I'll say, hey, shock drop, bro. Yeah. And he'll be like, hey, bro, shock drop. Yep. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. So I felt bad. Shock drops on I us. felt bad you didn't win that off. That's all right. Or it's that right. draw. I, but see, I got you lucky, know. though. I got. I ran into some, you know. Did you get some, lucky last night? Some. Uh, I'm not talking about that. Um, I ran into some Jordan 13s in Nike Long Beach. You did. So That's that true. was lucky. Uh, Quentin Moyer says, "I'm so jealous you scored the Cardinal Red Threes." Hell yeah, I did. Yes. Hell yeah, dude. Yes. Hell yeah, dude. Okay. Sorry. Tanner Plummer says, "Michael Burton, by that logic, that means Kwame Brown wasn't a bust." Yeah, he was a bust. Yeah. A fit Ben Simmons with KD and Kyrie and Curry will. Uh, See, will be enough to win the championship. And I, I think totally he can agree resurrect with that. his career. Honestly, yes. I think he can. All right. Now you don't want to talk sports anymore. Is what I'm well, because we're at forty past. We got you know we got we got five seven minutes left. Yeah, let's get to the good stuff. Let's update. Let's update the the. And the, now for the good stuff. Yeah, let's let's update the. We'll we'll talk <laughs> about the car entertainment thing tomorrow. Let's update the the family story. Let's get to that because we need time to talk. Okay, about that. so your you enter you introduced your girlfriend to the to the extended family. Yes, I did. How has that gone? Uh, I think it's gone great. I think it's gone really well. I think I mean you tell me. I mean I think she's fit in wonderfully. I think she's done. Well, um, yeah, she's all right. No, she's done exceptionally well. She, but she is, this might be the one mm-hmm. you need to have. Have you told her you love her yet? You got to fuck one, marry one. You did. One. No, I did not. You said you no, love her. I didn't really. No, I didn't. Has she said that to you? I had no. We have, have you gotten close? Yet. No. Have you been tempted to? No. Yes. We're not have. there yet. Really? I promise you we are not there yet. You should. You're going to put a ring on it? I haven't Do you buy a ring or do you say I love you first? What's an erection? Well, I mean, it depends on how the prenup negotiation goes. Well. 
You are that guy. You'd what? negotiate a prenup before you actually got engaged. Wouldn't All you? gas, no break. <laughs> you would. You're that dude. Speaking of prenups. Okay. Uh, so, you know, we've been telling you about my beloved mother-in-law. And my mother-in-law has been a widow for 10 years. She hasn't dated at all. Like, you know. Right. right. She hasn't, nothing. Mm -hmm. So we're in Hawaii over Thanksgiving with my mother-in-law. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, I'm never getting married. <laughs> oh. Yeah, my ass. And then she's like, but I enjoy dating. I like this dude and that dude Cock and this and guy. Dude. And, this guy. <laughs> and we we're like, okay. And so I, I said to my mother-in-law in Hawaii, I said, hey, you know what? I understand you've been single for 10 years. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you 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 probably got to dust off the curtains and everything. We get it. You want to? So, you know, <laughs> you're you're dating now. There's nothing wrong with after being a widow for 10 years of going out and feeling desire. Yeah. And having people buy you dinner and it's what women do anyways. They steal from men by buying them, letting us buy them dinners and then they never put out and we never talk to them again. <laughs> It's yeah, it's dating, right? That's what it is. So hey, you want to go out and feel desired? Please enjoy yeah, yourself. Do it, do She's it. like, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> It'll be fun. <laughs> Not three fucking weeks later. <clears throat> Can we have a conference video call um, with all the kids, please? Um, and she announces at Christmas time, we're moving in together and we're getting married. You know. But it, it won't be legal. They're the, the, like girl voices killing me. But it you won't be. You have to check it before you wreck it. It won't be legal because right, just be, you we know, have trusts and wills No, no and documents, money. no, you know, We're no going to do a ceremony. Right, right, Okay, right, cool. Okay. Hey, that's great. I'm Everybody really happy. Everybody was excited. Everybody We're really cool. happy for you guys. I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so then we come out to meet this guy that she's going to get married to. Right. Oh, he's a dreamboat. Sort of. Nice enough guy. Old dude that wears like Velcro sneakers and dress socks. Mm -hmm. Okay, hey, that's not my style. I'm a Jordan 6 Carolina Blue, unlike you my know. friend here. You know. You uh, know. But you know, you hey, know. you want to wear them Velcro slippers with dress socks? Go get it. He served our country. God bless you, sir. <laughs> you know. Right. But we had a conversation. He came over for dinner on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Had a conversation. He said some shit I didn't like. U.S. Americans. I told him to fuck off. No, Too I fucking didn't. bad, man. <laughs> <I> didn't. <laughs> that didn't happen. That did not happen. Uh, I didn't. <laughs> Fat Jesus says, Jake said I love you at the first sight of a nipple. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So he said some things I didn't like. I right. called him on it. We had a good conversation. He left feeling good. Mm -hmm. Cincinnati. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> Like this whole time, my mother-in-law's on a cruise. She's like, oh, I'm going cruising with my friends. Right, right. So I'm just like, okay, uh, you know, all right, let's have dude over. Buddy. So Buddy tells us. <laughs> so Buddy goes on. I knew that he was a widower. Right. He, but it turns out his wife had just died a year ago. Mm-hmm. And he didn't come to our Super Bowl party last week because he was grieving. He didn't mm -hmm. want to leave the house. It had just been the anniversary. Right. So one of the things he said that really bothered me was, well, we were like, well, you know, tell us about your relationship. And he's like, well, um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not happy she's on this cruise, but it was planned before we got together. So, you know. Um, 
but I would rather her be here holding my hand, helping me grieve. Oh, okay. And in my mind, I'm like, what the fuck? What? What did you say? Yeah. So the thing that worries me is, is that this guy is a widower and his wife just passed mm -hmm. and he wants my mother-in-law to be like the person who helps him get over that. Are you out of your goddamn mind? And I just feel like I, I'm not saying it's inappropriate, but that's not. But is like, that what you should like? Is that what that's not what, you know, but is that the doing? is that the foundation? Like when I say, hey, is that the foundation for love and happiness and everybody? Loves that. And let's pound box like, you know, like, yeah, I don't see it that way. It's really not. OK. If that was the worst thing. You know, you could kind of get by that. Like, you know, you can you can get over it. It's fine. We all have our opinions, but that doesn't really matter. It'd it's, be fine. It's all fine. You know, it's fine. But then we start talking about guns. He's an avid trophy hunter. Oh, fuck. I am not. I don't believe in killing hippopotamuses because you want to say you killed a hippopotamus. Mm -hmm. But hey, bro, it's your life, not mine. Knock mm -hmm. yourself out. Right. Right. So, we, of course, we start talking about guns. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm a gun owner. Right. I'm a, I'm a believer in some parts of the Second Amendment. This is fucking America. Let's not say that it's about defending the country because fuck you, it's not. <laughs> but anyway, so I say, you know, hey, what you know, guns and whatnot. And so we're talking about, you know, assault rifles where people have been wiped off the face of the earth, all this shit. And he's like, well, you know, people drive drunk, but we don't take away everybody's right to drive. Why would we take away everybody's right to mass murder with U.S. Americans? And I'm just like, okay, you really don't think that's a, the same thing. And my wife, that's where my wife was like, wait a minute, what? That's cute. I remember when I had my first beer. So there's all this stuff. And, and by the way, he is a staunch, and I don't hate him for it. He's a staunch Republican Trump supporter. Mm -hmm. My mother-in-law is a liberal Democrat. Was. Was. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she was a liberal Democrat. Right, right, right. So, like, there's all these differences. Right. Never mind that my mother-in-law is very well-to-do. Mm -hmm. She is in her 70s. Like, if this goes sideways, she's wrecked. Affects me. So, of course, me being, well, me. Me to me. Me. Yeah. I'm going to say something. So, she comes back from the cruise right. on Sunday night, I guess. She came Sunday. over. Sunday. To her, own, to her own house for dinner. Right. She that she over. doesn't live in anymore. She came over to her own house. Yeah. Because she's also, the other thing that is kind of weird about this whole thing is my mother-in-law has also said, well, you know, he's going to die soon, so I'm just going to move back into my house when that happens. A motherfucking, uh, oh, what? You know, damn, uh, damn, oh. you, uh, what? Well, you know, bro, he's going to die soon, so I'll just move back in when he dies. Sometimes I think I just say shit. Sample what? comes out of my mouth. <laughs> so you see what I'm saying? Like, it's not <clears throat> A plus B equals... <laughs> Like, it's not, this isn't working. Yeah. This isn't working. <laughs> so, okay. she comes, yes. So, what are some of the comments saying? And then we're going to tell the story Tanner, about this conversation. Tanner says, you guys need to drop the Tangerine Twitter machine nickname on him. I Bro. promise you I will do that because we're going out to dinner with them tonight. Monty, contrary to popular belief, trophy hunting helps endanger, fuck off. I don't even want to have this conversation. Uh, Greg Hawkins says, don't need a deep. Uh, or meaningful reason to date someone if the relationship becomes much deeper then that's a different matter they're getting married i don't know that it becomes yeah, much i'm not sure speaking um, like deep you mean uh, do you mean like deeper like how can you they uh, texted no I, I 
Anyway. Any, yeah, all right. No. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we need to those rich a-holes with a complex. Otherwise, poachers would make them extinct really quick. Okay, seriously, we're having a conversation about relationships and how how do we get into how do we get into tro like we're not because I that said on I don't yeah show, I don't dude. believe in trophy hunting. We're not yeah I don't. I don't either and that's the end of it. We're not reading those comments. I'm sorry. I don't. We're not getting into that conversation. Fat Jesus says Monty loves hunting ass. Game up. Who doesn't love a good donkey? All right. So she comes over Sunday. So she Sunday comes over from, Sunday. She's coming home from the cruise. She's been gone for a minute. She comes home. She's been in, uh, on a cruise with her friends for a week. Right. Sunday. She comes home. We all have dinner. Oh, good to see you. Love you. Love you. Right, good to see right, you. Hey, right. hey, by the way, um, by the way, mother-in-law, how, you know, like, how are things with Dennis? Oh, they're good. He's a dream. <laughs> It's so good, and I, I love it. Oh, yeah, next question. I'm like, well, why? Well, you know, can you just tell me real quick? You know, like, tell me what it is that you love about Dennis. And this it's quite simple. So I don't know why motherfuckers be overcomplicating. And she's like, well, we arranged furniture together. It was awesome. Good, good, good. No, I said, why do you love him? Oh, because we agreed where we should put the couch. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I'm asking you. Okay, maybe, you know, maybe it's too much you, pressure. You probably mis just misheard her, right? So I said, well, no. Usually when I say to somebody like, hey, what? what?" And it was me, my sister-in-law, my wife, myself, and Jake mm -hmm. talking, having this conversation. Sort of Jake. Yeah. Um, And so I said, well, no. Like, if somebody says to me, why do I love my wife? Or what's so great about Mrs. Monty? I say, well, she's beautiful. Um, You know beating up like i mean no but no she's beautiful she's my best friend because we have a lot in common we have great conversations um you know she supports me i support her yes, yes. um like you know, real reason yeah beating up like you know yeah. like all the procreatorial natural stuff whatever yeah all the things that make relationships great yeah. like she treats me well we hold each other's hand we support each other we yeah. grind together like all yeah, this stuff. everything you need yeah and you said, and I said to my mother-in-law, you said it, you love this guy because you guys agreed on home decor. So I'm just curious. And she didn't really have an answer for that. And so my feeling is, and she later went on to say, you know, like, I'm not getting any older and this can't really go wrong. And if it did go wrong, everything would be fine. No. Here's what's going to happen. <coughs> Tonto. So I said to my mother-in-law, hey, listen, you know, look, if you're just you know if because you told me you were never going to get married again she goes well everybody's everybody says that don't you think that changes for people can't you change your mind yeah and i'm like okay well that's cool i just want to make sure that you're getting married because like hey it's a good relationship for you and right and i think what it is and we've talked about this on the show yeah i think they don't want to end their lives alone which i totally understand listen this dude that she's gonna marry is 80 years old mm -hmm. and the thing that's so troublesome is supposedly my mother, not supposedly, my mother-in-law is very wealthy. Mm -hmm. She's very well. Supposedly, this guy is has more money than her. Mm -hmm. The house that they, they live in is in a trust that goes to his his former wife's children when he passes. And I, so the thing that I, I worry about, hey, look, if you want to go hang with this dude and he lights your fire, cool. But let's make sure that before you go signing a marriage license, hey, we're talking to attorneys, we're getting our trusts in line, we're everybody's everything you know like everybody's right. cool right right it's all laid out on paper very clear and she and was she was like well yeah we're going to a lawyer together and so i i was saying things like hey i want you to promise me that you'll go to your own lawyer by yourself 
Like, get independent legal advice about how this should be structured. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not opposed to her marrying this guy. There's some people asking, like, what right is of mine to say she can't get... It, she's not asking for permission. Right. But when when you're in my position and when you're her children... Right, yeah. You have an obligation to say, hey... Because that's the other thing. And this is this is what I thought was a really dynamic part of the conversation that we, we had the other night, which was... You know, she doesn't really have what what I would call a no person or like like a no man, like a person to to say, hey, by the way, by the way, you're signing a legal document. There's some stuff at risk here. We just need to make sure that boxes are yes. checked. You know, it's not that it's not that we don't want you to marry the guy or, or that not you at know, all. It's it's up to us. But damn, if we're gonna let you, you know, make a mistake, because that's ultimately what it is. It almost has nothing to do with dude. It has everything to do with the rest of her life and making sure that she's set up for success and in a great place. Because she's worked hard. She is, I mean, she is in her middle 70s. She's lived a, a fairly good adult life. Like, and let's be clear. She's spry. She is sharp. She yeah, is she's young. She's well. at, She's young. She's active. She does hula. I mean, like, this, this is a woman who is is doing great. But companionship is clearly the, the hole in her life. Like, right. that needs to be filled. And if this guy fills that, I'm I'm good with that. I just don't they're I, to me I'm a little concerned about their process. Well, and you're not the only one. It should also be said, you're not the only yes. one concerned. It's not like it's just My you wife, and Mrs. Else is Monty, who, you know, that's her mom. Right. And Mrs. Monty's sister also feel the same way. So it's just one of these things where it's really difficult to watch my mom my mother-in-law go through this. So when I say to her, "Hey, you know, I'm only doing this because who else is going to watch out for you? You're one-on-one -on -one with this guy in a lawyer's office." Who's going to, who's got your back in that situation? Yeah. Cause it's not going to be his lawyer and him, you know, like it, you need your own independent legal counsel that will tell you how it is. And Hey, here's how you protect your money. All I have in this, you know, like is my balls and my word. Yeah. And I don't break them for no. Absolutely. So I, I just think you have to really, and you can't have these conversations after they sign the marriage license. No. Well, what's the point? And the, the, the other thing, that, and I don't know what you thought, the other thing that really stood out to me, as I said, I just want to know why you're getting married. Why do you need to put your... Because they told us they were not getting legally married. So this concept is what, you know, and again, I have... I, my whole role in this thing is very different. Like, I'm not her kid or anything. I'm kind of just like the guy on the sideline watching and, you know, talking about it, right? And so my perspective is that from the onset, it's never been, hey, we we spent a year or and, and I feel like a year is appropriate for where they are. We've spent a year together or whatever the case may be doing X, Y and Z and kind of really vetting this out and just making sure that we're really serious about this because it's not the idea that they're getting married. That's not the, the no. marriage portion isn't the issue. It, it's the whole way. That it's gone down, and and this is where I think it all kind of relates together. It so yeah, it together. all flows together <laughs> in a bad way or a good way. Does you know? It's a matter yeah. of opinion, but think about it. You know, she's known like known this guy. This isn't the time they've been together, but but literally known of his existence on planet Earth. Two months. For, no, no, no. For six months, it's been six months that she's known, known this him? guy. Really? Yes, it's been six months since she's known this guy. And they've been dating for about four or so, like officially together, that type of thing. Damn, for about it's four. already February. Yeah, it's yeah. been about six months now. Yes. And, and so I'm not saying that, that you can't have a successful marriage, you know, marrying someone after six months. Obviously, it happens. You can do it. Okay, great. 
But I, but I think that what nobody wants to talk about is, hey, I have all this money. I'm in a great place. I have a great situation. And even if I'm unhappy, I get to go home with a ton of money and not a worry in the world. And, and you don't want to change change. That. You want to add yeah. something positive. Great. So tonight we're all going out to dinner. So tomorrow yes. we'll have another update on this. Yes. But you should play the music now. You know. Okay. Um, anyway, my point is tonight will be interesting. Make sure you hit subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. I have to piss so bad. <laughs> Not even funny. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Hit subscribe. Oh, man. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake. <laughs>